0: Welcome to the Joy Venture Podcast, a show where dreamers and doers share stories of discovering, developing, and spreading their joy with the world. I'm your host, Thad DeVassi, along with Jeremy Slagle. In this episode, we sit down with Ben and Beth Stafford, the husband and wife duo behind Fox Meadow Creative. Ben and Beth didn't set out to build a home-based design studio or become business partners. But through a series of circumstances, some by choice and some not, they were led down this path they now travel together. And for them, that's where their story really starts to take off. They open up about how they're designing a business built on what they know and embracing what's possible, including Ben's rise as a sought-after illustrator. They also share how they're building community, making time for family, and keeping an eye on what's next. But the thing we love about this conversation with Ben and Beth is that they admit they don't have it all figured out, but they have the faith to believe that by adopting an intentional approach to work and life, good things will be revealed. This is the Joy Venture Podcast with Ben and Beth Stafford. Welcome. Thank
1: you. Thanks. Thank you. This is awesome. Um, really glad that you guys are able to come and spend some time with us. I know we're about an what, hour and a half?
2: Yeah, just about
1: drive yeah. from your house and and where you work. And so, you know, it's special for us and it means a lot to us. You guys had to move some things around and arrange your schedules to to do this so we re- really appreciate it sure thing yeah keep going oh okay you made a weird oh, head no. nod at me and I'm like <laughs> what am I are they, do they only live a block away and no, I'm no. completely <laughs> wrong on this um, so you know uh, Ben and I have met a couple times I think we met at a dribble meet up the first time I think
2: you're right yeah that was a few years ago
1: yeah that was fun. I remember like I didn't know, think I was gonna know anybody when I showed up. And so I just kind of sit in there and you're like, Hey. So we ended up talking and hanging out. It was great. Yeah. It was really, really great. And then I've had an opportunity to meet Beth since then. And mm-hmm. then after Creative Best the other night, our you know, we and our wives got a chance to go out and that was really that was really great.
2: Yeah, was, we were happy to do that. It's I've admired you and your work for such a long time and it was it was a really cool moment when I finally met you at the Dribble meetup and it's just Great to see how our friendship has cultivated since then.
1: That's awesome, and I think part of it has been like whether it's uh, what Danielle Evans is doing uh, with with uh, her meetups on Fridays, um, opportunities to kind of connect, you know, Columbus Society of Communicating Arts, and sure. Creative Best stuff like that. It's been a great opportunity for us to kind of get to know each other better, even though you have a bit of a commute
2: yeah, it's yeah. Been good Columbus will always be home, and I will always be happy to come back and participate in the the art and design community, so happy to come back,
1: yeah, you dropped something on me the other day that i was I thought was pretty funny though you said do you do you remember a few years ago when someone contacted you about <laughs> designing a tattoo, and I was like, i didn't remember that, but I get that request every once in a while, and i I think I rejected your <laughs> I don't know what no, happened. No, you,
2: you didn't reject it. I just think uh, price point was too high for me at that <laughs> time.
1: <laughs> I have a good friend that's a tattoo artist, and I, I remember talking with her one time, and she said, people sometimes forget the, the, the word artist in the word tattoo. Sure. And she's like, I hate it when people come to me with something that's pre-designed. And that's just always stuck with me. And I've the, the tattoo artists I know can do lettering, in my opinion, way better than I can, anyways. And so I've just always thought, like, ah, you, uh, like I, I, I hate designing something and then feeling like imposing that on a tattoo artist to sure. design. It's just a weird thing for me. Uh, but I've done a couple, and I've had a few that show up on social media where I created someone's logo and it ends up on an employee's calf. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like, that's a very <laughs> devoted employee. But it's happened a couple times. It's awesome. So. Yeah. So uh, welcome again. And we're just really glad to to have you guys. Um, you know, the this podcast is really about people who have kind of taken their passion and they've developed it. Uh, they've discovered it first, they've developed it, and then they've spread it. And um, as Thad and I sit down and we put together this this spreadsheet of people that kind of fit that. And, you know, you guys, are, were, we're on that list for sure I've had the opportunity to hear you speak uh, and talk about you know your passion and 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 all of that and it's a unique situation you guys are in it's a husband and wife, two creatives working together. Mm-hmm. Um, love to talk with you about kind of how did you discover the talents you have like at what point in time did both from both of you like when did you When did you find out that like design was your thing or illustration was your thing
3: uh, for me. I always loved doing creative things as a young person, but graphic design was never on my radar. And I went to college as a communications major thinking I would create videos or do things like that. And then when I took my first desktop publishing class that was just, you know, recommended to take, I thought this is where I should be. So I ended up changing schools and changing majors and went into graphic design. And it's something that just has been a natural fit for me, just and. I'm sure men would say something very similar. It's just funny to see those skills that when you had you were young and you loved doing something, you just never thought, "Hey, I could do this for a job." Yeah. And so now I do and I love it.
2: Ben? Yeah, similar story. I was always the artist uh growing up. I uh, had a lot of medical issues, and so while other kids were outside playing or enjoying things that I couldn't, uh, I was stuck inside, and so my parents kept me busy with crayons and paper, and um, so it, it definitely gave me a leg up as I continued pursuing what I really enjoyed, and, and I think uh, that paid off because I thought I need to get paid for doing this somehow, and, and uh, graphic design... Uh, was fairly new at at some Christian universities, and I knew I wanted to to go to a Christian university and ended up going to Mount Vernon Nazarene University, uh, where I majored in graphic design and, and felt like that was totally something that I would be into and could get paid for. So is that where you guys met? That is.
3: Yes, we were both transfer students, and he got there a year before me, but we actually met in a Photography class.
2: Photography class and color theory. We were doing, we would ended up uh, doing quite a bit of projects together, some photography, some painting, but you know, we were together for most of this.
1: It was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. We
3: started off together and now here we are still together. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. So let's talk about that a little bit. Like, uh, you know, you've had, you've both had some experience after high school, after college, where, where did you find yourselves career wise?
2: Sure. I, uh, I started working at Attaché in 2007, just uh, 10 years ago, and um, I was a designer there, I was an art director there, and then creative lead, and I think um, I was there for six years and just the amount of stuff that I learned there um, from account service to uh, communication to even more about design uh, has really laid a great uh, foundation for where I am today uh, working with Beth.
3: And I started off working in two different places. I worked at Jersey Baptist Church as their communications coordinator, so I got to use some of those skills. But then I was also hired at Prism Marketing, where I was brought in as a designer and then eventually an art director as well. So, yeah, it was just priceless knowledge that I gained in those places on um, the things that I would love to continue to do if I ever had my own business someday and things that I might do differently. And Ben and I would always get asked, will you guys ever work together? And we'd always say, oh, I don't know. That would be, you know, maybe, not because we couldn't do it, but because financially that's a very scary place to be to say, yeah, we're both going to do this thing together. So it was always a pipe dream to us, which makes it really surreal that that's actually what we do every day now.
2: Yeah, I think you either had to be super confident or super crazy, and we were neither. (laughs) So uh, I think when I got laid off... um, about four years ago, it made the decision a lot easier since Beth had um, Beth and I started Fox Meadow Creative in 2011, uh, but it wasn't full time
0: for me until uh, 2013. So, so with that idea, you know, there's a, sort of a disruption in your life. Right? Sure, and, um, you don't. Nobody plans to get laid off, no. you know, and it's like, oh no! And so now you have a choice to make. Right? right. What do I, I can go get another job, or I can maybe pursue this thing that was once pipe dream. Yeah. How, how did you guys go about doing that? And then Beth, you coming on board because the, the you know, I'm a solopreneur. My wife w- was worked in the same industry as I did and worked for a competitor. And we actually went head to head on accounts at one point. It's was oh, kind wow. of funny. And, um, but the answer, you know, she's, she's not working in that capacity anymore, but the question, the really hard part is, health insurance and all these other things and it's like at what point you know life expenses and like are we going to put all of our eggs in one basket or beth why don't you stay over here and you you just Mm -hmm. do this because we need some level of stability at some point you said forget that we're we're going to do this talk about how because i think that's that 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 sort of jumping off the cliff Mm -hmm. moment of we're all in on this so talk about that
3: I think it wasn't jumping off the cliff. I think Ben got pushed off the cliff. (laughs) Um, We were trying to keep our eggs in different baskets. I started working Fox Meadow full-time and he was still doing his full-time job. And then when he got laid off, it was almost like we were just pushed into this place of, okay, what do we do now? And for us, our faith is very important to us. So we saw God's hand begin to work in ways that were beyond what we could imagine. Because to us, working together would never really work out, right? But shortly after Ben was laid off, we ended up getting this job that kind of fell in our laps. And that has been a great blessing that has lasted even until today, a continuing work partnership. So Mm. it was something that we didn't necessarily seek out. We can't take credit for most (laughs) of the good things in our life, truly. Um, But I think that's great because that gives us this rare opportunity to say, look what we actually couldn't do, but God did for us. So sure. yeah. I don't know if you want to add to that. No, I'll just all.
2: echo that and just say, you know, it wasn't immediately getting laid off and then working with Beth. I think there was a period about a month where I was actually, you know, seeking full-time employment. I went to other agencies in Columbus and interviewed, and I thought, oh, man, with all this experience now that I didn't have uh, years ago, I, I now have, and I should be able to get a job. It should be fairly easy, right? Yeah. And And God was clearly just shutting those doors where I thought, Oh, yeah, this is going to be a piece of cake. I'll get this job. And God clearly shut those doors, and and he clearly had something better in mind, and that was working with Beth.
0: So— to be clear, Beth, you you had left your job to do yes. Fox Moto first. And then Correct. it's kind of like, oh, okay, now, right. now we're in a really good position.
2: <laughs> Which right?
3: is why I get to joke around that I'm the boss. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It, so you're, you're like the
2: founder, so, right? And he's the, is he the employee? It's or? not a joke. <laughs> she, she really is the boss, and I completely submit under that authority. That's funny.
0: <laughs> so you mentioned you know, at the beginning when we were talking that you know you had to drive an hour and a half to get in here. So... Um, Talk about, you know, your choice of living outside of the, the creative community because uh, an hour and a half away, I'm sure you don't have, you know, dribble meetups going no. on in, in your little hometown. <laughs> and so talk a little bit about the, the rationale for that and, and how that either helps or hinders the creative process. I mean, sometimes you need space, sometimes you need um, collaboration. So talk a little bit about that.
3: So another part of that amazing God story of Ben losing his job and working with me is that shortly after we adopted our daughter, Rue, and so that was like all at the same time, and we found out a week before she was born that she was coming, and so adding a child into our lives also changed a lot of our reasons for why we do what we do. So the reason why we moved up north was to be closer to my family to get that extra support and have her grow up with cousins and grandparents nearby. So it was more of a personal decision to move farther away, which I think in a lot of ways was a challenge for Ben because he has been in Columbus all his life. So, I mean, if you want to talk more about that, I know that community here is really important to you and you still make a...
2: Yeah, I think I, I didn't make an effort to get into the design community until until I was almost too late, you know. Uh, I'm probably more plugged in now to the Columbus design community than ever before. And, and being farther away, it does, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit more of a struggle. It, it takes more planning, especially having a daughter and having a wife that works with me. And she's patient enough to let me come down and, and do things like Danielle's Rise in Design and, mm-hmm. and CSCA events and things like that. So very grateful for that opportunity. It, it does make it a little bit harder, but I think it's uh, very beneficial.
0: With a growing family, and being a little bit further out, how do you stay diligent about staying connected to that community? So it's almost too late now. You've built it, but now you, you know you've got a growing family, and you've got you've got more um, responsibilities. Um, you know, as you know, beyond just work, is it harder to stay connected, or have you found ways in which to connect, uh, you know, differently, virtually? That that's expanded your network. That that still keeps you in touch with the community that you built. Sure, and, and I think and um,
2: part of that is due to a group that I started with my friend Jeremy called Two Cents, and I think uh, we just have a very small, intentional Slack group. It's 10 to 12 people, um, and we're very committed to showing up every day. Uh, we share feedback. We are growing closer friends, and um, we really invest in one another um, on a personal level and in a, in a professional. professional level, Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so you, I mean, in that sense, you're almost kind of like creating w- w- without any financial strings attached. You're right. So sort the of virtual agency, I think one of the hardest things about entrepreneurship is this idea of being in a creative space with other creative thinkers to bounce ideas off each other. And it's like, I just need other people. Yeah. Um, and you sort of, you've created that online. Yeah, yourself.
2: that certainly helps. We we really, I we talk about this all the time, how we basically are an agency that... We don't do any work together that that gains us all a financial uh, a pot or something like that, but we yeah. do gain other benefits of having that agency like community. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, you you, had, you um, mentioned your time at Attaché. I, I you know know some folks there, great people. Mm-hmm. Had a buddy that was working in their space for a while, and and that's how I knew of you, and. Um, he would mention, oh, yeah, this guy, Ben, he does design over here. He could help us with this or that. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, you're thinking about the projects we were working on. And it, um, you know, from from that lens of, you know, several years ago, is not the same Ben that I've come to know here in the last couple of years. Talk about the evolution of your design ethos or your development. Because... Um, I think this is true of anybody who's worked in an agency and then you sort of, um, it's not like your wings are clipped, but when you find out that, Hey, wait, I can fly differently. Sure. Um, uh, companies all have a structure in which you kind of, this is the client base. This is the type of work that we do. And, um, like or not, we kind of fall into that mold, right? Mm -hmm. Fox meadow as it's being creative has no mold, right? You're Mm -hmm. kind of creating it as you go. Talk about how that has influenced the way you work and the type of work that you do.
2: Sure. I think when I first started at at Attaché, I think um, I was just eager to get into an agency life, eager to create. um, And I didn't know how my personal style or development would play into the work that I would be creating. Uh, But I think a lot of client uh, work was very sterile and Medical And I mean, that was our clients. We were pharmaceutical, scientific, healthcare. That's the look they were going for. So that's the look I needed to create for. Um, And it wasn't until um, we got to do some fun stuff for the community, like movies in the park, where I got to experiment. um, Just, hey, Ben, you have a week. Let's make this a fun poster for the community. Um, And they're showing two movies. So let's do, it's Shrek and Tangled. And so I got to combine uh, the ideas of Shrek and Tangled and make something fresh, a fresh illustration that pumped up the movie and hopefully made a few people smile. And and that's when I found the most joy when I was doing these small little projects for a tiny community instead of this big pharmaceutical worldwide brand. Yeah. Um, and so I think those were just little tiny cues in my head that were going off like, Hey, have you, have you thought about illustration? You you really enjoy this, but maybe I did feel contained in my agency world, um, Mm -hmm. that you're right. The wings may have been clipped and I didn't know what I could do until I was set free.
0: Sure. I I think, um, people like me who, um, you know, I don't do design. I admire the work that guys like, you know, you, Mm -hmm. Beth, Jeremy do, um, but but I think we all get in our mind what what is design, right? And there is a um, there is a, a financial equation that goes with what that looks like. Oh, you're going to create a brochure. Maybe you'll create a logo. Maybe that'll apply itself to the web or something else, right? And and that's design, mm-hmm. right? And and that's and those are the um, sort of products or outcomes that you get paid for. Illustration becomes a little more nebulous. At least in my mind, I'm like, well, how do you how do you get paid to create characters, right? Mm-hmm. And who need, you know, who needs a character when they need a brochure, right. right? And so, how did you start making that shift and say, I think I'm really good at this. I th- is there a market? I hope there's a market. I know there's a market for this. How did you, how did you move into that direction to being more illustration based and maybe a little less design based? Sure. I think
2: one of my strongest um, suits is the idea to. An idea, uh, capture an idea um, or merge two ideas into one. And I think editorial illustration is a huge playing field for that. I admired a lot of editorial illustrators and, and I thought, how did they read this article and take this idea and this idea and merge them together? And the audience clearly visualizes it. They see it and it helps guide them as they read. And I thought... Hey, I can do this too. I I know how to cleverly boil down something and create a visual that says more than one thing. And I think that's what I really latched onto. And I think that bleeds over into our design work too, and in, in our logos. You know, we don't just make pretty logos or or abstract things that don't make any sense. We have reasons for the way we do things, and we have uh, objectives that we stick to, which clearly help us um, give a final product that we're really proud of and can speak highly about.
0: Mm.
2: So.
1: Just to go back a little bit, um, I—it's a question I hear a lot. My wife is uh, part of, of a, a big part of of our business. She doesn't think she is, but if <laughs> I had to handle the taxes, um, I married a mathlete. So I, instead of marrying a right-brainer, I married a left-brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we, we're uh, we're celebrating twenty years of marriage in May. Congrats! Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. It's been awesome. Uh, but we've found that like our strengths working together make us better.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
1: And so, you know, when it comes to tax time, payroll, all that stuff that I would completely botch and we'd have the IRS all over (laughs) us. uh, That's, that's what she does. And she doesn't recognize her value to that part of it's because she's also a teacher. She homeschools our kids. She, she has, she works way harder than I do. She has way more responsibilities than I ever would. But it's, you know, when you're a small business, if things at home aren't good, then your business isn't going to be good. Um, I talk with designers, even people that work in agencies all the time. If you, if things at home aren't good for you, then what you bring to work is not going to be good. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you're working 80 hours a week, you're not seeing your kids, you're not making it to their games. Whatever it happens to be, then you're just, it's, it's holistic. It's a holistic approach, you know, and you guys have gone through a lot together. Um, One of the questions I'm sure you guys get asked a lot, I'm just curious about it, is you know, I hear a lot of times, for instance, oh man, if I had to run a business with my wife, it wouldn't be pretty. (laughs) We hear that all the time. All the time, right? So how have you guys worked through that? Has it been a challenge?
3: I think there are a few elements that make that work. One is that we're best friends. We get along really well in general. So because we have so much in common, it's easy to be around each other a lot. But we also do have very different strengths. Um, I usually tell clients that Ben focuses more on logos and illustrations. I do more print layout or web layout. And so because we're not necessarily working on the same exact aspects of a project, I feel like we don't but heads very often, but we're just complementing each other and helping each other as a team. So I think that makes us work together really well.
2: And Beth does handle the financials <laughs> and, and the <laughs> communication aspects. I can't think of a better communicator than Beth. I think she's very, very skilled at communicating, emailing phone calls, Um, there's stuff that other people would let fall through the cracks and she doesn't. And that just makes me look good. I mean, (laughs) if there's never an email that you read from me and it's like, wow, Ben, that was really good. It was not written by me. Um, I've just approved it. So um, Beth is just an awesome, awesome communicator. And I think that really helps us, um, you know, where, where I'm lacking uh, she's, she's strengthening.
0: That's great.
1: So, so, you know, one of the things that we've had discussions with you guys about, and Thad uh, has a lot of, uh, and, and maybe this is something you'd want to ask, it, if we want to talk about the adoption process and how that plays into life, mm-hmm. but I think there's something about this holistic approach to life. It's work, it's, it's you know, uh, family, it's faith. It's all of these things that have, that have to all be in place. You can't just have one of those mm-hmm. not work. And a big part of your story from your, you know, of, of your family is how you became a family. Mm-hmm. Is, would you like to share a little bit about that or how that plays into your business? And
3: Sure. So just starting with adoption in general, that's something that had been on my heart and mind for a long time, even before I met Ben, And when we got married and he said, oh, man, I really want to be a dad, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can be a mom. I mean, it's just a daunting task, I think. Can I take care of a child and keep somebody else alive? I don't know. (laughs) Um, But again, God changed my heart to see, yes, that he could help me do it, and what a beautiful thing adoption is. We took a class at Nationwide Children's Hospital, and we recommend this to everybody who asks us about adoption. Like, if you want to know more, take this class. It was eight weeks. We learned a whole bunch of different things about it, and that just confirmed to us that this is the way we wanted to purposefully grow our family. And so that is the route we took, and we have one daughter through adoption, and we love to talk about it because we think that it's just an amazing picture of God's love for us. And it's something that maybe not everyone considers when growing their family, but it, there's such a need for children um, to be in safe and loving homes. So that's something that we're very passionate about. I don't know if you want to add anything. I mean,
2: we're doing it again.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're, we're currently in the process of trying to adopt again, and there are some you know, sensitivities to that. We can't really talk much about our current situation, but it's something that we also have to balance. Like, We still need to work. But we also need to be involved with these things. So we've been blessed that since we work together, we can, you know, take turns watching our daughter when we need to or, you know, balance back and forth. And that is a really great thing. I think it would be hard if I was just by myself or Ben was just by himself trying to, you know, balance watching children also doing work. But um, it's something that's really important to us that we prioritize family time and work time. And I think that has helped us keep our sanity. We don't work all hours of the night and day, and you know we want to make sure that we have time to spend as a family outside of work, mm-hmm. although we're together all the time. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, you're right. I think we, we genuinely love people, whether it's family or friends. Uh, we really want to invest in people. I think there's much to be said about investing more in people than there is in, a, in your business, and I think... It, one may directly influence the other. If you invest a lot in people, your b- business may flourish. And, and um, so we really want to be sensitive to how we operate our, our business and how we focus on our family. And I think that's just something mm-hmm. that kind of helps us maybe being out further into the country where there's Mennonite buggies driving by mm-hmm. and it's just an odd place for me to still call home. But um, I think that may help us take time to be more with family than other things that may occupy mm-hmm. our time.
0: No, yeah. I yeah I completely um, understand where you're coming from. I you you've gone about a domestic adoption. I mm-hmm. my wife and I we did an international adoption, but it, it um, it's life changing. And, and you and once once you're in that community, you can't not talk about it. Right? Yeah. And you can't it, it just becomes core to your being. And it's not you know we have you know two biological children, our third is 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 adopted. But it, it's a whole family venture. And so we all embrace adoption, even though, you know, our other two kids don't look at it like, well, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> we're we're not adopted. or, we, or you know, right. is he special than us? But but they actually they embrace it and they embrace him in a way that you know as a parent you're always worried about like hey, how how is this going to be accepted and it's just been it's been precious um and beautiful and and challenging too you know it's it's not for everyone i remember you know I, we didn't take classes at nationwide we had, um the international route we did some different things and basically they showed you a variety of films that literally <clears throat> showed you the worst case scenario and to me i looked at my wife and i said well now that we've seen the worst I, I think we can handle this right? sure. because, because if you don't walk out of that room going, oh, I can't do this. If you feel like, eh, I mean, eh, then you're going to be fine. Um, and certainly there are challenges um, that go with raising any kid, whether they're, mm-hmm. you know, uh, biological adopted, whatever. Um, I, I want to talk briefly about a story that we connected with um, that we've kind of talked about. You guys have already mentioned your faith. So I feel like it's okay to, to talk okay. about this, but I, um, this is just Crazy! This is a crazy story, and this is where I think I became much closer to you guys in terms of uh, our friendship, and and just following your story and what you're doing. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Ben, you had created this amazing heart that had um, a sort of an inverted heart at the top, and it was really small. And I found out that that was um, you know a design that you made for your first adoption, and I'm like, wow, that's is beautiful and then you, you went on to tell the story about how adoption.com might be interested in it and yeah then those things don't quite go the way you intend right sure. um, but then you made uh, then I I saw that you were you know going down this path yet again and um, you had two bunnies and um, and just a beautiful um, illustration of how you're growing your family knowing that I this has been what well, cash back in the summer and um, you know several months ago and i'm at home alone my my family is off out of the state and i'm i'm just in a zone doing my own stuff and i've got a spotify spotify playlist going and you know when you when your playlist runs its course it just automatically starts spinning other stuff similar to yeah i'm in that phase and i'm just zoned in on something else and i hear this song that is the i don't say weird but the guy's voice was so unique that it like what is what is that and it just grabbed me in a way that nothing else was grabbing me. I was sort of in that zone and I stopped and I looked at it and it had an illustration on the cover and I remember looking at it and I'm like Ben Stafford <laughs> and I thought, why Ben Stafford? And then, and then I started looking at it closely and it looked like a nursery. Rhyme. I don't, I don't even know what the album cover was now, but it looked sort of like a nursery rhyme, medieval, it looked like there was Kings and animals and it, it's just what it looked like mm-hmm. to me And and whether or not that's exactly what it is, is neither here nor there. I'm looking at this and I'm seeing all these animals and I've, I have this overwhelming sense to email Ben Stafford and tell him what, and so before I do that I'm like, no, no, I am not I am not going to do this and and I hit pause and I rewind the song and I listen to it again and it's called the song was called Land of the Living by a guy named Ru Paynes, never heard of Ru Paines before, the land of the living if, if we think about adoption in life, you know, and, and so I started looking closely at the illustration and i thought about your two bunnies and i'm like i can't see two bunnies in here there i don't know where they are but they're here tell ben that and I'm, and I'm and i and this is like you know in my head and i'm like there is no way i am sending that email to ben he's gonna think <laughs> i'm a nut i don't know him that well he's gonna think i'm crazy i'm just absolutely off my rocker and i'm i'm listening to this song and i'm listening to the words and you know sort of like Uncontrollably, uh, you know, I start tearing up and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and look stupid. I'm going to make, I'm going to send this email. And I, I don't even remember what the headline was Like this may be totally crazy, but and you know, and then I just sort of like, I'm just following through with what I feel I'm supposed to do. I leave it at that. Uh, I did. This is like on a Friday or Saturday, all day, Saturday mm-hmm. goes, Sunday goes. I'm like, man, I really, I've done something stupid. You know, it's like, he thinks, yep. He thinks I'm weird. And then Monday morning, you email me back and I'll leave it at that and let you guys chime in on how that, how that, um,
2: was or wasn't something.
3: Oh my goodness. That email.
2: I I remember, well, I remember opening it up and reading it in the car and trying to read it. And I just, just, my throat, I just wasn't able to get the words out because I think we were both crying. Uh, but
3: yeah, that email wrecked me, which is so funny to hear you think like, Oh, this is a silly thought, but I'll send it. And the words of that email, I was driving and Ben was reading it. It was one of those things like, oh, I forgot to mention that I got this email. He starts reading it. He looks over and my eyes are just pouring tears. I'm the one driving. So I'm like, we might all die now because I could (laughs) barely keep my eyes open. Um, The things about that email that made me just think God is at work. Number one, real pains is the singer-songwriter that we named our daughter after. And you had never heard of him before, but to him, like he's something very precious to us. And so that was one very awesome. Um, the rabbit obviously was important because of Ben had illustrated two bunnies for our newest adoption story, but what Ben didn't know is that I had purchased a very small porcelain rabbit that I chose to keep next to my bed. And I would use that as a reminder to pray. Uh, for our future child, because there are times in adoption, or I assume when you're trying to have a biological child, that you just think, will this ever happen? Maybe this won't happen. And we just didn't know with this story if we would be able to adopt again. And so he didn't know, but I was thinking of that tiny little rabbit that I used to pray. And you had made a comment in that email that. You know, I'm praying that you'll find your little rabbit in the land of the living. So, to me, I just thought, you know, God knows that our child... Our child will be found in the land of the living. Um, just need a minute. Um... Because we'd had a few people say to us, oh, we know of someone who's pregnant. And we would say, oh, yes, you know, tell them about us. And then we would find out that they maybe had chose abortion instead. And so you just think, well, that could have been my baby, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So there's something very precious about the words Land of the Living to me. Um, So that email that just fell out of the blue to you was actually something very, um, something very divine to me. Mm. I printed it out and read it so many times. It's just amazing how God does that. I
0: I think that that's, um, wow. Um, the way you're feeling right now (laughs) is, um, I think the way I feel when I talk about my son who is here, right? And you're, you're, you're waiting to find out where your next child is. And it's rare that I can speak about the experience of what my son went through before we could get to him that I don't break down. It's, and to the part, to the point where, I kind of shied away from talking about it. And now it's like, no, I, I I need to talk about it. And you know what? It's okay to be vulnerable. Um, it was and it, that actually gave me the permission to send that email to you. It's <laughs> like, be vulnerable, be be stupid, look look like an idiot, you know, with with, you know, three heads. It's okay because if I if I don't go through with that, then that's a, 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 a small piece of encouragement, whether it, I had no idea what impact it would have, yeah. right? But it's in a piece of encouragement that goes um, unspoken. And so mm-hmm. um, just knowing that, wow, I have, been, have no idea that, I didn't know at the time that your daughter was named Bru. Right. I had no concept of any of this stuff. And so this is that idea of, um, you know, community that we're building. Um, you've built it through design. You've built it through these friendships. Um are building it through adoption, right? Um, it's a, it's a pretty sweet thing. And, uh, I don't know. I just, um, I'm inspired by you guys and what you're doing. And I, I, have always joked that, um, my son Solomon is the best decision I never made. Because if you, <laughs> if you hear the long story of, of, of our adoption, I kept thinking, well, maybe I should just adopt a new mindset and all these other, like, God, God doesn't really want me to adopt a child and bring him into my life. And if, and if, And if he did, I'm going to do it on my own terms, not his, because I would, I don't like to fly. I wouldn't have gone to China. I wouldn't have done the things that I did, but there's a plan for that. That's so much greater than, than, than we can see. And I, I just, I love having um, being a tiny little footnote in your story and being able to watch it from a distance and see where you guys are going and, and see how it's affected your design. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I look at adoption and you sort of, adopted a new way to work you know I, I love the word adoption because um you know we're all uh, you know it, it, it's it's meaningful to all of us i i think um you guys adopted a new wow uh, approach to work you've um you've decided to grow your family by adoption you it's how we bring things in um you know you could say that even from design to moving into illustration you've just adopted a new way of doing things and so that word to me is so powerful um it's even more powerful because of the sort of the life-giving life-affirming opportunity we have as parents um to bring somebody else in but uh I, i just love that part of your story and i'm i'm Wow, I just, I just, I'm excited to be just again that tiny, <laughs> tiny little footnote on it. Yeah,
3: that's a it's a good reminder to not ignore those subtle promptings that you have to say something to someone or encourage them because really, to you, it might be small, but to me, that was just such a huge encouragement to continue on believing that something would happen, that God would uh, work in our lives somehow through adoption.
0: So, you're about to, you know, go through this process, you're going through this process. Um, there will be, um, something at the end of this mm-hmm. process, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how does, how is growing your family growing this business? How, how are, what's next? What do you, how, as you're looking at, okay, we're, it's five o'clock, we're shutting this off. We're family now, right? Um, how are you managing the business side of of this? And and as you as you think about what's next for your family, are Ben Beth? Are you looking about what's next for the business? Talk about what's what you see and how you're you're thinking about Fox Meadow.
2: You know, we were talking about this on the way down, and and I said you're interviewing us at a weird time because I feel like at this point in my life, at this point in at least my career, the past ten years, I can look back and say. I've accomplished everything that I really want to accomplish. I don't know if I have any more goals towards design or illustration. I've won some awards. I've got uh, the latest poster is in the library of library of Congress. Um, There's just been so many cool opportunities that these past few years have, has brought me. Um, And I just don't know if there's anything worth, you know, I I, I hate talking about that because there's, because they're good things. They're, they're God's gifts, uh, to me. Um, but I don't know if there's any any more goals that that I can set for myself as far as uh, obtaining new clients or getting awards or anything like that. So I think, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm ready for the next step in some other capacity. Not saying that I want to give up designer illustration, sure. but I think I do have a, a bigger calling, and I'm just waiting on what that is. And I'm yeah. and uh, we were talking about this on the way down, how ready, set, go, and and I'm ready. Uh, but I'm just not set into what that looks like. I know I want to be an encouragement to people. I know I want to bring joy and happiness, and and um, I want to give of my time and abilities and resources. And I'm just looking for a, a way to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, and I know um, <clears throat> one of the other ways I was became familiar with your work is you started offering online classes. Sure. Um, was how, tell us a little bit about that and how that kind of maybe spread your reach outside of your. your your home-based business to kind of reach a different audience?
2: Yeah, there was one particular technique that I kind of stumbled upon and and thought was pretty cool that I don't think many people knew. And so when I started saying, hey, I'm going to offer this class, does anybody want to learn? It was just an outpouring of, holy cow, there are so many people that want to learn how to do this. So I just threw a a dollar amount on it and said, you know, let's host these online classes, let's do them live, because I think that's much more um, my style. I don't want to just hit record on a video and sell that. I'd rather connect with people and say, hey, I'm here, let's talk. I'm going to be teaching this, but you can also ask questions and you'll have availability You know, after this class. You can reach out to me. And, and I think that personal touch um, is absolutely kind of what's driving my next steps. I, I want to have a personal touch and personal re- relationship with people, uh, no matter what that looks like. So yeah, I think doing that class, over a few hundred people maybe have, have taken it and it's just been a, a rewarding process for me.
1: Yeah, I was wondering, as you were talking about next steps, if that's something that, that would you would maybe consider continuing to do. Um, I, I love the idea that you're saying, I like doing these live. I don't, you know, I love Skillshare, personally. Mm-hmm. I love oh, Skillshare. Yeah. There's, there's just some amazing opportunities um, for kids today. I'm always telling high school kids that are interested in graphic design, I'm like, guys, you can learn more on Skillshare and... It's unreal. Uh, yeah. you, ...than you could ever learn in a college. Yeah. yeah. You really could. Um, and do take advantage of this a mm-hmm. hundred bucks a year, mm-hmm. use it, yep. you know? And so, and, and I will say that one of the things I like about those kind of videos is there is a personal touch to it. It's this, like, it's not like, and I, I like lynda.com. It's fine. It's got its place, but it's kind of, kind of like, a, I think of lynda.com as more of like an illustrator for dummies. You know, like, here's what the pen tool does. Sure. Here's what the shape tool does. But what I love about what's happening right now in the creative community when it comes to sharing and spreading is like you said, you, you, you came across this great technique. People were asking you about it. How do I share this with people? And there's, there's this almost open source opportunity now to share it. And not just like, here's how illustrator works, but here's how I use illustrator. Correct. And that pivot is huge. So when you see these amazing, internationally acclaimed lettering artists that are sharing their stuff on, uh, on these websites that are basically like, here's how I start it. I sketch with paper, and then I scan it in, and then I do this, and here's some things I've learned on how to use the pen tool. It's just really cool to see that m- much more personal connection that people are able to have, even though it's being done online. Mm-hmm. Sure. So um, I, I've thought about doing it in the past. You did it and it's been great for you guys. Is that something you consider doing more of as far as, or is that kind of uh, something you've kind of done and one and done or how, what's, what are your thoughts on that? I
2: have thought about, you know, coming up with a new curriculum or new classes uh, to keep the live uh, classes going. Um, but I think I'm, I'm looking for something uh, maybe a little bit bigger, a little bit more um, intentionality as far as leaving a legacy. I want to make mm. sure that um I, I invest in people in more of a, you know, coming alongside of encouraging a mentorship role um, rather than just teaching them a technique. I, I want to be, whether that, whether I speak about adoption or, I mean, fill, fill in the blank. I'm, I feel like investing in people on a more um, emotional level, maybe is the mm-hmm. best way to say, uh, because I truly feel like one of my biggest, um, uh, strengths is encouraging people. I love to build other people up, um, and if there are ways that I can do that that are outside of design, I'm, I'm game.
0: I um, I think you are not, as being the oddball out here is not being the designer at the mic here. Um, I think that you know. What you said a few minutes ago about this um, idea of leave a legacy, or I've accomplished it—it almost—and I know you don't mean it this way. It it almost sounds, um, yeah, braggadocious. Like, well, you've accomplished everything. who, Who do you think you are, Ben Stafford? Right. But I but I hit pause, and we'll we'll put this we'll link to this video on on the website as well. But you did a talk on ten thousand hours, you know, and that's a, a Malcolm Gladwell. It's been a pretty popular concept. But what I liked about your talk about ten thousand hours is you broke it down into ten one thousand hours, and it's and, and as you looked topically over what you talked about, some of it was very specific to the um, tactician act of being a designer, mm-hmm. an illustrator, but some of it wasn't. Or some of it I think bleeds far deeper and greater into that. And so the idea of teaching a class, um, yes, you're teaching design, but you're also, you know, kind of like Jeremy and I are are doing a podcast. It doesn't really have, you know, we're talking to designers and creators and makers, but it really has nothing to do. It's, it's not a design podcast, right? We talk to designers to understand how they've, you know, discovered, developed and spreading their joy, um. But I look at your, your, your online teaching in that way. I think of Jeremy and I of like taking a risk to do something different. You took a risk to put yourself out there live and did it. And then once you've done it, it's like, okay, so what's next? What's mm-hmm. next? And I kind of, I've joked the same way. And I, I, I and maybe this is the, the the adoption hard thing that's different. I don't know. But once I brought my son home and then once Jeremy invited me to Cambodia and that was... Orphan care that's not in my home. Once those two things were done, I, I looked at my wife and I said, "If I get hit by a bus tomorrow, I am a happy man. I am mm-hmm. dying a happy man because I, yes, I can continue to work for clients. I can t- continue to do this stuff, and and I will. Um, but I, much like you, and I think this is where Jeremy and I have been going with you know the Camp Click, the Joy Venture, the What's Next is." I, we can, we can continue to do this because we have a skill and we do love what we do but i also feel like there's something bigger mm-hmm. I, and i'm available I've, um, i have a friend who's adopted like 17 kids and she says every time every time there's a new challenge we we pray about it mm-hmm and if it's meant to be what we do is we put our yes on the table we don't say yes to the we put our yes on the table and see where that goes and it sounds to me like you've got your yes on the table
2: right the ready set go we're ready You, you just
0: don't know where you're where you're set to go yet exactly yeah
2: yeah and back to that adoption heart logo i think that has been one of the most meaningful things that i've ever designed uh not only because it you know, represented our family's adoption, but adoption with a capital A, I think, uh, seeing that tattooed on other people's bodies, I, they never asked me, and it's not <laughs> like I care, but they they resonated with that so much that they permanently put that on their skin to say, I love adoption too, or I know what that means uh, and, and how it relates to them. And I think just that tiny little impact that I was able to help contribute, I mean, that that blows my mind, really. Um, so I want to have that kind of impact on a, on a much Deeper level on a much uh, more broad level, I think, um, that doesn't necessarily need to be designed, but um, just having that kind of impact that something that I can do will resonate with somebody else and help them along their life
0: journey. Yeah. So, you legitimately, you know, if, if we're going to put a retirement age out there, you've got, I'm guessing, you've got. Thirty plus years in which you could do this, right? right, 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 and you're saying, hey, you know, I've accomplished, I'm good. Yeah. I, I don't need, I don't have goals that I need to accomplish. And please, which, no, which I'm, not, I'm not bragging about. No, no, which, which which I love. I love that idea to say I, I am, I'm content with what I've done sure. in, in this in this area. For the people that are listening to this and going, well, I'm not Ben or Beth Stafford. I'm I, I'm no, I've got a lot of goals. Talk a little bit about some of the things that allowed you to fast forward to that place of contentment. I look at things like how you took the the video classes the, uh, that you started up, the uh, fan art that you did for like Stranger Things, which mm-hmm. I love, or the poster that you did for a concert that mm-hmm. connected you with, with certain people. Talk about those. You talk about it in that that talk about vomiting up ideas which I thought I I, I love that idea just like vomit those ideas Um, and taking those risks of practice because I you know Stranger Things didn't call you to say hey Ben could you do uh, an illustration for Stranger Things you created that as fan art that is practice and design because you never know what the next type of commissioned and paid projects going to be but I assume you're doing things that you love along the way and sure. then what you're doing with those things that you love along the way that perhaps can be more fulfilling than yeah. actually the paid work. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. And, and, and the permission that you've given yourself to go do that stuff. Sure. And I
2: think going back to the vomiting, it's, it's less about the quality of the work and more about just getting the work out. And so when I talk about vomiting, I talk about um, practicing by getting the ideas out there and not publishing them or not worrying about publishing them. Because in in today's society, we're publishing stuff, we're creating, we're pumping it out there because we want to get seen. We want to get likes, we want to get shares. And that's Mm -hmm. not what the vomiting purpose is for. The vomiting purpose is for, um, I'm sorry, Beth is just squirming over here every time I say (laughs) the word vomiting, but I think it's, I think it's about, um, allowing yourself to create without, having to worry about what other people think about it. And I think that's where the permission lies, is that I can do this because I feel like it makes me better uh, at my craft. It it allows me to get something out that I may not have created otherwise, or I would have stopped myself thinking, oh, you know, people aren't going to like this, so I'm not going to make it. I make it. I've got a whole folder of stuff that I'm never going to share, but I've made it. And I think that's a, that's a big difference between what people uh, are putting out now versus holding back. Um, and as far as the other fan art stuff that I've done, I think the Lost poster uh, that got me to LA and, and meeting Michael Giacchino and Carlton Cuse, uh, executive producer of Lost, I think that that was more of a, a personal kind of fun uh, thing that combined different things that I loved. I loved design and illustration. I love Lost. I love music. And just combining things that you love helped me get to somewhere where I would not have gotten elsewhere. Does it make sense?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It, I think what it does for me at least, and it's something I have to constantly remind myself, I have a list of all my projects going on and then I have my list of everything that needs to get accomplished today. And it seems like as whatever we happen to do, um, it doesn't matter whether you're a designer or whatever, you kind of start to lose the joy for what got you there in the first place? So, Absolutely. you know, w- at the beginning of this conversation, you both went into the creative world because you loved art, you mm-hmm. loved to draw, and you did it because you wanted to do it and you couldn't help but do it. And it just was an extension of your gifts and it was just your way of expressing yourself. So, I think a lot of times without having, whether it's some people call them personal projects or side projects, we run out of steam really mm-hmm. fast. Um, and I find so often the things that I kind of, I get that little nugget of an idea and I'm like, I'm going to make a cool illustration about this. I'm going to make time to do it. I have to, sometimes it means that, you know, you you do it on the side, or you you have to move a project that's not super high critical mm-hmm. back a little bit to give yourself some time to do it. But it's so important because that's when you discover those little nuggets that right. that oh I figured this thing out in Illustrator that I don't think anyone's figured out yet. Yep, that leads to that opportunity mm-hmm. to have an online class or mm-hmm. you know to put your illustrations out there in a way that people haven't seen before.
2: You're absolutely right.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, um, you guys are. Such an encouragement um, to us. Ben is probably one of the most encouraging people I follow on social media. You're like the um, gift master, right? You know, in terms of you send anything to to Ben and he's he's got, you know, a great little... Um, meme gift. Of oh some my gift gosh! Of some sort. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. You know, sometimes I just want to email him to see what he. You know, say something absurd just to see what he sends back to me because yeah. it's always so good. But it, you guys are um, such an inspiration, not only in your work but what you're doing in your lives and how you've chosen to live your lives and 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 build family and build this business that you guys are doing. Um, excited to see where you go next because I it, it's it feels like to me it's kind of come full circle it's that you've you've discovered what you're good at you've developed it you're spreading it in ways both um through adoption and through the design of adoption to the other stuff that you love you're ready for another discovery and I, i just know um and i'm sure anyone else that knows you that's listening um will say i can't wait to see what ben and beth do next because it's really cool what they currently do and I think there's a little bit of a void there that if if, if you stop doing this people will miss it but it but at the same time it would be really exciting to see what's next for you guys so we'll we'll definitely stay tuned and see where that goes well thank you very much and
2: all glory to god i think he opens and closes doors for us and we just have to be available to say yes yeah
0: absolutely Our thanks to Ben and Beth for sharing their story with us and being so open and vulnerable about the things in life that matter the most to them. We wish them continued success both in work and as they pursue adoption for the second time. To see what Ben and Beth are up to, you can visit them at Fox Meadow Creative. That URL is fxmdw.com. Basically, Fox Meadow without all the vowels. You can also check out our photos from our conversation and some of the designs we talked about on this podcast on our website. If you like what you're hearing on the Joy Venture podcast, we'd love to know about it. Head on over to iTunes or SoundCloud to like and follow us. And we'd love it if you'd write a review for us on iTunes so others who are looking to discover their joy can discover this podcast. Trust us when we say it really does help. To hear more podcasts or read our posts that are meant to nudge the dreamer in all of us, to become the doer we were meant to be, visit us at joyventure.net. And if you're discovering or developing your joy and need some help creating your brand through design or story, we'd love to talk with you. After all, it's what Jeremy and I do. So please feel free to drop us a line. Until next time, remember, never stop discovering. Thanks for listening.